I'm Pete Zedlacher, and you are listening to Birchwood Podcast. Thank you for tuning in. It's November 22nd, Friday. This is Birchwood Podcast. I'm Shane Ogden. Thank you for subscribing. Thank you for liking the Facebook page. Please look at the Facebook page. It has pictures and uh, stories related to the topics on this show. Off the top, we had Repentless by Slayer. Not my usual beat. 
<laughs> but it is uh, something that Pete really likes, so he really likes the heavy stuff. A little something different this week. If you made it through Slayer, you're into uh, the podcast, and you're here with me. So that's, yeah, that's that's something. Thank you for being here with me. Um, yeah, I'm Shane. Hey, you probably know that. Shane Ogden, comedian on Facebook. I'm a father, electrician, comedian, show producer. And, uh, yeah, I think that's all I am. I think that's enough. Don't you? God, I mean, that's that's it. That's all I got, man. I, I can only do 52 things. And after that, I'm only a 43-year-old man. I can only do so much. All right. So, first of all, I want to tell you, I've had an interesting couple of weeks uh want to get it right off the top, the apology. Here it is. Last week I was dealing with a lot, and I'll get into it. But I had to take a week off, and it killed me because I knew that you would be disappointed. I know you look forward to hearing from me every week. Last week was not my week, and I'll, I'll explain soon. But first I want to tell you a little story about going to a hardware store. And... uh I, see, I bought this set, drill set for work, and it was the wrong one. And then I went back to exchange it, and I get the correct drills. So I thought, I brought it home to open it up to charge the batteries, and there was batteries in there, but no drills. So now I have to go back to the hardware store tomorrow and explain to them that I, I bought uh, uh, some drills but there were no drills in the box. So I, I hope the good people at such and such building supplies believe my story. Because <laughs> it seems like I'm just some crackhead who like took the drills out of the box and then, oh, I didn't have drills in here. Give me another one, <laughs> you know, collecting drills, uh, which I, I'm not. I, I don't know how this is going to shake out uh, it's, it's a very expensive drill set that I bought on the company credit card. $600 drill set. So, and the drills are missing. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, you know, every day is a fresh nightmare and apparently that's my nightmare tomorrow. Um, yeah. So let me tell you about my, um, first of all, something happy before we get into the sad stuff. Um, Lee, she had her birthday. Uh, I can tell you she's in her 30s, and and, and, and I, I got her uh, at, at her request. Now, this wasn't necessarily uh, a birthday request. This was a general request. You know, uh, our beloved Taz, our 14-year-old uh, terrier mixed hound, is getting old. He's 14, and she wanted some professional photos of this dog. Before, um, you know, the end. Uh, so, that the, the thing is, um, Ella and I hired a dog photographer. Yes, they have those. And it was a beautiful uh, sunset. And, uh, you know, a field with golden brown grass. And the dogs ran around... And the photographer took pictures of them, and I got one of her um, photographs, and I put it on a canvas for her. 
and she loves it. And I'll take a picture of it and I'll put it up on the Facebook page so you can see it. And uh, yeah, I gotta say it is a beautiful picture. It's hanging in our kitchen, and I absolutely love it. Um, and anyway, it was for her for her birthday. She loves it, and we all love it. And isn't that great? There, something happy. Now let's get into the nightmare. So I was to install a 22 kilowatt whole home generator um, with an automatic transfer switch at the Pikarski residence. I like that name, Pikarski. Shout out to the Pikarskis for having a great name. Anyway, so I went to hook up this generator, and uh, you know, uh, so it's all good. It's all pretty good. There's a few little hiccups there. Uh, I had to bend some two-inch PVC. Which, if you're in the trades, you, you know that's not easy to do. Uh, I bought um, this uh, bender, pipe bender, which is essentially a giant slinky that you put inside the plastic pipe. And then you heat it up and you get your apprentice to stand on it. And it will bend and not lose its shape because of that uh, pipe bender or aka slinky inside the, the pipe. So very interesting if you're... You're into the trades. Anyway, that's what uh, we did for uh, this difficult process. And, um, yeah, it was a, it was kind of an, uh, um, what do you call it? Like, um, it was a hard job. Let's put it that way. And, uh, the, but, you know, this is my fourth generator install. And uh, I thought things were going well. And then I decided that I was going to put the fuses in. And the guy who taught me how to do these generators said, put the fuses in last. Well, I put the fuses in with my needle nose pliers as I had three times previous. And I blew up the automatic transfer switch. There was, uh, apparently what had happened is my needle nose pliers uh, made contact with the fuse. And, uh the fuse holder behind it has a microchip with solder and uh, it grounded out. It was a dead short and I blew that automatic transfer switch all to hell. And it was just a, a bright flash and a big pop and then it was over. So I was on my phone, I'm on my phone with the boss at the time and which was kind of a good thing because I was in too much shock to be anything but honest. I'm like, I just blew this whole thing up. And of course he was like, what? <laughs> so he bought me a new automatic transfer switch. I had to take the guts out of that and put it in to the, uh, the new switch. I took parts from the new switch, put it in the old switch. Took the fried parts out and uh, basically replaced the uh, relay switches fuses and uh transfer coils and let's just call it the guts of the switch if you don't know what i'm talking about anyway and uh went to start it and it started up good and then um then it wouldn't uh it would automatically start the generator but the power would not transfer through the coils so you could still transfer um, to the house manually. You had to flip a, a lever and the, the generator would power the house. However, eh, the big selling feature is the automatic part and it wasn't automatically switching. So, after talking to the boss, 
uh, we agreed that we should uh, bring in someone who knew a little bit more about uh, the switches. So uh, a guy came, um, like a, he's like a ninja with this stuff. He teaches classes on how to install these things and to repair them and so on. So he came, a gentleman named Blair, very nice guy, and uh, was able to fix the problem. Um, but he had to replace a computer because apparently when I blew these fuses, it fried the computer in the actual generator as well. So let's add it up. So the transfer switch was $800 and he had to buy two of them because of me. So anyway, the one transfer switch was $800 he didn't plan on spending. Uh, then uh, it was about four hours of Blair's time at $120. So let's call that uh, 1, 2, 3, 4, 480. So call that 500. Let's call it 600, probably realistically at the end of the day. And then another 600 for the computer and the generator, 612, 8. So about $2,000. It's about a $2,000 mistake. And my boss kind of asked me, you know, what, what did you learn? And I said, uh, don't use your needle nose pliers to put in fuses. The most frustrating part is there's a little fuse holder that's like attached, like, remember old Lego when you would like break off a piece of plastic in order to like put it together? Like it would come in a set or like an old model, you'd break off the piece of, well, the, the, the fuse holders underneath, um, sorry, the fuse puller is underneath the fuse holder. I just had to wiggle that apart. And then uh, I would have a perfectly non-conductive fuse puller, which I will be using from now on. Because otherwise, it could cost $2,000. Or your life. Or your life. That that could have happened too. Um, but I, it would happen too fast to be scared. I'll, I'll put a picture up on the Facebook page. Uh, it's It was a shitty day. Um, which turned into a shitty week. Because every day that the generator wasn't running was another day that everything felt like my fault and the whole world was on my shoulders. And anyway, hallelujah, Blair fixed the problem. And uh, the Pikarskis now can automatically have power at their house when the power goes out and everybody's happy. And I'm on to the next one next week. I got two more coming up uh, in the middle of winter. I'm going to be installing these generators. <laughs> Not too pumped about doing it in the middle of winter, but I guess they want them, you know. So that'll be that'll be something else. But at least now I know how to avoid that problem. And um, so that was happening. I call that the Pikarski incident. And uh, also, um, we we're doing the grand opening of Punchlines, which was nonstop work every single night. And then also Alicia's father was in the hospital. So it was not possible for me to do the podcast last week. I really wish I could have. And um, sometimes you just need that break. You know, sometimes you need to uh, mark something off the list. And my priorities were not with the podcast last week. Um, so that's unfortunate. I missed a week, you know. It's like uh, quitting smoking and then having to start over again because I had a smoke, right? But, uh, but yeah, <laughs> that was last week. And I, man, it's it's weird. Have you ever gone through a period of time and you think, oh, I gotta do the dishes, or you know, 
Uh, I got to walk the dogs. You know, I got to do this or that, you know. And then all of a sudden, life just becomes too overwhelming. <laughs> like, I would dread every day getting up because it was just, it was the week from hell. But it's over. Uh, Mr. and Mrs. Pikarski have power in their house and uh, and now they will always have power so that's great um, so my guest today is Pete Zedlacker that's why I played that uh, Slayer song Repentless off the top uh, again sorry if it was too heavy for you but uh, you know Pete's got a heavy metal kind of spirit and I thought I'd play that for him uh, he is uh one of the headliners in the Snowed In Comedy Tour, which is the largest tour in Canadian comedy history, which is pretty impressive. Um, she's doing the tour with uh, Dan Quinn, uh, Paul Meyerhog, Damon Schritter, Deborah DiGiovanni, and Erica Sigurdsson. It's the first time in Canadian history that all the best uh, Canadian comics got together and decided to hit the theaters. So it is very exciting. We've had Deborah Giovanni at Chuckles before. She's scheduled for punchlines uh, soon. Uh, Paul Meyerhog has been to Chuckles before we were punchlines. And Damon Schritter was at Chuckles and is scheduled to be at punchlines coming up um, very soon. So that's the Snowden Comedy Tour. And, and Pete's a um, founding member, a big part of that. And he really enjoys uh, snowboarding and doing the uh, the comedy shows in the winter out west. And uh, they're branching out. They're coming out east. And all the dates you can find at the Snowden Comedy Tour uh, website, which I'm, I'm sure is very Googleable. Although my little crib notes do not uh, spell it out exactly. Coming home today, there was an accident on the Harbor Bridge in St. John, New Brunswick, Canada. And... Uh, business as usual. I think it was just a little fender bender, but a uh, lot of rubbernecking. Very slow trip over the bridge. So there, that's something I said, right? <laughs> Speaking of driving, have I got a story for you? I, I really did save the best for last, gang. I, uh, I got the breathalyzer for the first time in my life. I was driving home. By the way, Pete Zedlacker, my guest, he is a very historical figure now because he is the last headliner, the last comedian to ever headline the now deceased Chuckles Comedy Club. So, And he's going to be coming back um, to St. John as part of the Snowden Comedy Tour. And uh, we're going to have him at Punchline sometime. So lots of chances to see... Pete Zedlacker, but you gotta see him. He's so, so funny. Um, anyway, uh, I got the breathalyzer that night. The last, when Pete closed out the show, I went home and I got pulled over by a cop. So, here's the thing. I saw the cop, right? And he followed me. Don't you hate that? When a cop follows you for a while, it's creepy, man. You know? And you're like, uh-oh, is he going to pull me over? Is he not going to pull me over? Nah, he's not going to pull me over. I'm not doing anything illegal. And I was thinking to myself, like, I'm not doing anything wrong. And I was looking in the rear view, and I was like, oh, God. 
You know, am I going 50? I'm all, oh, geez, I'm going 55. It's 50. Is he going to pull me over now? Probably not over five kilometers. Okay, I'm going a little further. All right. Okay, well, he would have pulled me over by now. Maybe he's just heading in my direction, you know? So anyway, I put on my signal to turn left. And in this turning lane, prior to the turning lane, there is yellow paint with diagonal stripes. And this is to indicate that you're not supposed to drive on them. But I am... I'm a little bit of a rule breaker, even if the cops are around, I can be pretty bold, so I cut across some of those yellow lines just to, in preparation to get into the turning lane, and uh, so I turned, and I, I went up the hill, and and uh, so no incident, but the cop followed me, and I was like, oh, that's weird, he's also turning down the same road I am at three o'clock in the morning, that's weird, so I was starting to feel the heat, as it were. I get up to the top of the hill, and the lights come on. I'm like, damn. Damn, son. He's pulling me over. So I got to do the law-abiding thing, and I got to pull my vehicle over to the shoulder of the road, see? Anyway, so then uh, he comes up to the car, you know, as you do. Comes up to the door, and uh, I'm, like, nervously looking for my registration. I'm like, you want to see my license and registration? He's like, yes. And I'm like, <laughs> uh, Costco membership, that's no good. <laughs> you probably don't want to see that. Okay, uh, good if you're getting lots of saran wrap, though. Good deal on saran wrap. I'm like so awkward looking for my registration. Finally find it. And he says, do you know why I pulled you over? And I said, uh, I think you're just doing random checks on people. I said it is 3 in the morning on a Saturday night slash Sunday morning. I'm sure that's why you pulled me over. He goes, no. I saw you uh, driving over those yellow lines there. And I was like, oh, no. No, I'm not inebriated. I'm just a real shitty driver. And he started laughing. And he's like, well, I thought I thought I smelled some alcohol. Have you been drinking tonight? I said, I had one beer at 8 o'clock. He said, well, he said, have you ever had the breathalyzer before? And I was like, well, this, I guess it's my lucky night, is it? He said, yep. <laughs> Step out of the car, please, sir. So there I am. And by the way, I'm in a residential area. So there I am. <laughs> Lots of houses around. Lights flashing. It's Shane Ogden. <laughs> in front of a cop car, talking to a cop. Now, can you imagine? Oh, my God. Anyway, so then he goes, uh, Well, I'm going to give you the breathalyzer. Have you had anything to eat in the last five minutes? And I say, Wow, this cough drop. And he's like, Ah, we've got to wait five minutes now. He's like, Disappointed. And so I was trying to make small talk during the five minutes. I'm like, you know, my cousin's a cop. And I was born in Grand... I was actually born in Grand Bay. And now I'm living back here for the first time in a long time. And just came from uh, Chuckles, but we're turning it into punchlines. I mean, it's just the most awkward conversation. Felt like an eternity. I said, there, that must have been five minutes. And he goes, actually, it's uh, only been two minutes. My God, they were the longest five minutes of my life. Starting to get nervous, right? I've never taken a breathalyzer before, so he gets his thing. It looks like a cell phone with a straw tape to it. And he says, "This is the breathalyzer here," and explain all the different colored lights to me. And I, yeah, I can't remember. Green was good. He's like yellow. If it blows yellow, you you blow a yellow, you gotta lose your license for ten days. And I was thinking, oh my god, ten whole days without a car? Like, I'd have to take my vacation. Like, I, I don't know, man. I, there's no buses where I live. 
starting to think all these thoughts, you know. And he goes, and if it's red, you're going to go to jail. Do you understand? And I was like, oh, my God, jail. Like, that's when it really hit me. I was like, fuck. Like, but then I started thinking, I started to try and reassure myself. Like, man, like, I only had a beer, like, a beer at 8 o'clock at night. It's now 3 in the morning. There's no way I have alcohol in my system. But it plays on your mind, right? So I started blowing on that thing. He says, blow. And then he's like, I was blowing on that thing like a jazz musician. My cheeks were all puffed out like a squirrel in the springtime, right? And I was just like, man, like blown. And he was like, blow, blow, like cheering me on, like blow, blow. I was like, blow, blow. So I, anyway, it beeped and, and I shit myself a little. And he goes, ah, see, you have no alcohol in your system. I'm like, thanks for all the anxiety, officer. And that was the end of my breathalyzer experience. So Pete Zedlacher is my guest this week. And I know you're going to love the conversation. Um, a lot of talk about comedy, the state of comedy today, and what he, his style of uh, his writing process, all the, the good nuts and bolts of a conversation with a touring professional comedian. Uh, Pete Zedlacher has been nominated several times and won uh, Best uh, Canadian Comedian at the Canadian Comedy Awards and uh, several television appearances. Nothing like seeing him live. Um, what can I say about this guy, man? He is so um, animated and such a brilliant performer and writer. Hilarious. And uh, he's the kind of guy everybody loves, you know. Um, he's originally from Wawa, Ontario, so Northern Ontario boy. Um, and he's just so goddamn talented there's no other way to put it and such a joy and a friend i somehow became pete's friend very proud of that um i was his opener years ago and it, it, just a little story to tell you how um how nice pete is and a lot of a lot of people in pete's position uh you can't even really talk to them you gotta you know talk to their agent or whatever but i'm I mean, and I'm sure that's true for some people. I'm very, very happy and fortunate that I, I know him. Um, anyway, so just to tell you what kind of a guy Pete is, like I was traveling with my family through Canada. We crossed the country together and we stopped in Wawa, partially because it was a stop along the way, but also partially because I knew that's where Pete was from. And I took my took a picture of me and the family in front of the goose because they have the world's largest goose in Wawa, Ontario. And uh, I sent it to Pete on Facebook for a joke. And uh, he goes, are you in Wawa? And I said, yeah. He goes, well, I'm in Wawa. And I said, you are? He's like, yeah, I'm visiting my mom. Like, where are you guys? And, and he met up with us and spoke to us. And, you know, he goes, do you remember this jacket? And I said, what? No. And he goes, this is your jacket. You left it in the car last time we were on tour. So he's got a fantastic memory and uh, just a fantastic guy. And, you know, I mean, I I know that I'm kind of gushing over my friend Pete, but um, to see what he has been able to do, uh, unbelievable. But, I mean, not very surprising to me because he's he was always just an amazing, like, I mean, just head and shoulders above the competition. So... Uh, natural 
at the art of stand-up comedy and uh just a hell of a guy and a fun guy to talk to and a very funny guy to talk to and i know you're going to enjoy this talk um that i had with my friend pete zedlacher you're an interesting guest and i want to read you something please allow me uh to read your wikipedia page oh man <laughs> and and don't stop me because I, I want to get all the way through it it says uh pete zedlacher is a canadian stand-up comedian actor television writer originally from wawa ontario he yeah. has appeared at just for laughs right. and the halifax comedy festival yes. and won the 2006 canadian comedy award for best male stand-up right also performed for the Canadian uh, Force Con, several Canadian Forces show tours, yes. entertaining the troops in such places as Alert, Nunavut, the Persian Gulf, and Kandahar, Afghanistan. As an actor, he's appeared in movies such as American Pie, The Naked Mile, and Survival mm. of the Dead, and mm. on the TV show, The Don Jor, the, the John Dor television show. Not the Don Jor show. Not the Don Dor show. Okay. Um, in 2010, Zedlacher worked as a writer and performer in CBC Television's The Hour, combined his performance and writing when he joined the CBC's The Ron James Show, That's correct. which he wrote and performed in for four seasons. In 2013, Zed Lacker won Sirius XM Top Comic, the prestigious nationwide comedy competition. Mm-hmm. Uh, since 2015, Zed Lacker has been uh, the anchor on the Snowden Comedy Tour, Canada's biggest comedy tour, mm-hmm. making 60 stops coast to coast in 2019. Also in 2019, Zed Lacker earned a uh, record six nomination for Best Stand-Up Comedian uh, in the country at the Canadian Comedy Awards, making... This former uh, comedy uh, Canadian Comedy Award winner, the most nominated comedian for best stand-up, and in the awards history, is there anything you'd like That's to right. add to that? That's funny because when I do corporate events, yeah, and then like whoever's booking the agent that's booking it will mm-hmm. send a resume, right, or a, a blurb or a bio, and then it's the president of the company will go up and read it, and it's so outdated and it's so bonkers, like. Hey, our comedian tonight has appeared on the Sean Cullen show and currently is on um, uh, Little Mosque on the Prairie. It's like, what? Like, these are canceled shows. Like, this is, and that's just on Wikipedia. That's that's I, amazing. I read it this morning because I wanted to have something to talk about, but also, like, I've been your friend for all those years, and I kind of, I go, oh my god, oh my god. Oh, my God. And I just keep forgetting. And there's things that aren't on your Wikipedia page, like the Muppets experience on Just for Laughs and so many other things. Um, Very kind of you. Man, it's crazy. Isn't it crazy? I mean, you've been very busy. When when you're faced with that, you go, oh, yeah, I have been. I've been at it for 23 years, too. That's right. I mean, there has been a few decades in there, but only 23 years. You know, guys that have also been doing it 23 years don't have those credits. That's right. It's it's a humbling moment. At the same time, I gotta go step back and go. Yeah, you you fucking worked hard for this. Like, you did work very this, hard. This is these are the accolades of someone who's worked, who's dedicated their life to their craft. So, and and yeah. you truly have. I have. Are there any standout moments over the years that I mean? Obviously, I just mentioned the Muppets. You said that that was a, green, a dream come true at the time. Yeah, really cool. Really, well, and, and, and who's telling. Captain Picard? Patrick Stewart. You, yes, you, you met right. Patrick Stewart. Yeah, Patrick Stewart was the last gal I did it just for laughs. Um, wow, that was a cool moment. We we all came back on stage for the the curtain call, and uh, <laughs> next thing you know, Jean Luc Picard is boom right next to me, like in the curtain call. I was like, oh, uh, and I pulled out my phone. I'm like, can I get a selfie? <laughs> so in the middle of this standing ovation at the Place des Arts Theater, and just for laughs. 
you know, 4,000 people are on their feet applauding. I'm like, do you mind if I get a selfie? And he's like, sure. So we got this nice amazing guy. selfie that, uh, yeah, he's a very nice man. And then he said to me, were you expect him to say, PETA, engage. Engage. <laughs> uh, I did riff a little bit in my set about uh, Star Trek. Yeah. And, uh, and it got a nice little applause break, too. So he mentioned that. He said, uh, you said some very kind things about me tonight. <laughs> oh, I did. Patrick, that's so cool. Uh, Wouldn't you love Patrick Stewart to just lean in and compliment you throughout your life? It would be amazing. Every once in a while, just calls me up and says, yeah, that new bit is working very well. <laughs> Congratulations. You, that's wonderful. As you fly through the comedy universe. <laughs> This joke is going to do very well at, at Snowed In this year. Good for you. It's good for you. <laughs> that confidence, man. That was, oh, I'd have so much confidence if you did that. Life, yeah. Absolutely. Now, the Snowed In Comedy Tour is... That's uh, another one of those highlight moments. Wow. Every every year, I just, I'm just, I knock on wood and I pinch myself because it's just a dream come true. Like, And you guys are adding uh, really strong comedians to the roster as well as all the favorites yeah. that are currently the yeah. kings and queens of the Snowed In Tour. Yeah, so uh, the last last year we brought in uh, Deborah Di Giovanni. Like you can't get a a, a better hitter than you can't. Than, than, you like, can't get a funnier person. She is unstoppable on stage. I know? do not so, know. I don't know of another comedian that that can kill like that. Yeah. It's, it's unbelievable. Yeah, she's fantastic. So when she agreed to come in and uh, and and do a few of our dates, we were just so so thrilled. Amazing. And, uh, and also, it helps the tour immensely because now we have not only the best comics in the country coming together and, and doing this, but we also have a female on the show, which is something we have to consider in 2019 because half of the audiences that come out are female. And when we do our meet and greets afterwards, they shove us out of the way and they're like, we want to get a picture with Deb. Yeah, yeah. So. It's wonderful having that representation on our tour as well. But there's something magnetic uh, about all of you. All of you on the tour are just these likable characters, but also highly skilled. And as you said off the top of the interview, just really... This is an uh, interview? I like to think so. Am I, I know. Being hired for something? Am I being fired for something? <laughs> I I know that uh, you said before um, that um, everybody on the tour is amazing, and but that you have worked really really hard, and all of that, all everyone on that tour has worked really really hard to become skilled at their trade. I mean, the, these people are wordsmiths. They're uh, performers, and they have been working. Everybody on that list has been doing stand-up 20-plus years. That's true. Yeah. Abs- yeah. I, I would love to see that show. Yeah, we're approaching the uh, the 100-year comp- combined experience. Yeah. I'm just realizing this next couple of years, it's going to be 100 years of comedy experience on that yeah, stage. You, you cannot see a better comedy show in Canada, and uh, I consider it a, a, a privilege and an honor to to uh, to be in, in, in all of you guys like kind of know me, and I love that I can just talk to you guys. Yeah, like you're always. you're all very approachable yeah, and yeah. and very kind people. We're you're Canadian. Comedy in Canada is a very blue collar industry. You know, it it's, is. It's uh, you know, if you are at this level in the United States doing comedy, well, now you've got an entourage and managers and agents and publicists and you know, yes. whereas we're just. You shoot us an email, we'll answer it. You know it I mean? It's it's you're yeah. alarmingly accessible. It's, it's, I would be concerned for your security. Not at all. Not at all. People are very kind. So they are in this country, yeah. Um, but also, Snowden has changed my life in that 
we have to do a new show every year. So if you saw Snowed In in 2018 and then you come and see it in 2019, it's a different show. And if you come and see it in 2020, it's a different show. Uh, we could easily coast and just be like pull out the hits every year and crush it, but people won't come back year after year. So we have people coming up at the meet and greet saying, you know, like, hey, this is seven years in a row. This is nine years in a row that I've come to see you guys. Like, that's such a huge pat on the back. And we never want to let those people down, right? And start repeating jokes or, you know, phoning it in. So it makes me work hard all through the year. As soon as that last show of Snowed In wraps up at the end of April, I just trash all that beautiful material. It's all done. And then. I mean, Seinfeld made a special on that premise yeah. once. You guys are doing it every single every year. year. Yeah, throwing away everything, yeah. all your all the safe killer bits. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, you know, you just like I'm. You walk in with this confidence, but now you're walking in with you know this idea like, ooh, this is new Believe stuff. Yeah. Like, oh, Those first few shows and everyone sure. around you is a killer. Yeah. How many guns can you guys point at your creative heads? You know what I mean? Like, oh, my I'm God. Glad, I'm glad you get it. Don't yeah. cut the blue wire. <laughs> I'm going to kill those as hard as those shows guys. are just, we, we all watch each other, too, which is amazingly handy, too, because then, yeah. you know, your buddies go like, you know, Paul will come up to me after the show and go like, what if you open with this and then called back to it later? I mean, oh, brilliant. Or what about this punchline? What about what about this angle on this bit? Yes. Like, oh, that's great. You know? I mean, so we, we kind of can peek into that with truck jokes. Talk about truck jokes a little <laughs> yeah. bit. Yeah. Well, this is, so a lot of the tour, obviously, is in the truck, where we jump in the, a giant SUV, and then we haul ass to the next next town. And then uh, it's amazing to be on the road with four very funny people, because the conversations that fly around that truck You must are, die. Yeah. It's like belly laughs, like crazy belly laughs. Like <laughs> pylons of, like, somebody says something <laughs> stupid, and then you just, What? What are you saying? You, yeah, you know, yeah, chlorophyll. Chlorophyll, yeah. that episode. Was just, <laughs> that was amazing. So we wanted to just capture what that would be like. Like, mm-hmm. what's it like touring with four very funny people and just try to capture that moment of... It's not an interview show. It's not a, you know, comedians in cars being interviewed. It's what it's like touring with four comics and then something funny happens. Amazing. So we shot for, for four days, 12-hour days, and we whittled it down to, I think, eight episodes we got. So... And they're all different lengths, like two minutes to four minutes. Um, so we just wanted to kind of reduce it right down to the reduction of what 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 the funniest parts are. Um, and the feedback has been amazing. Like we've been uh, promoting it all, all across all the social media channels, and but people are like digging it. So I think we're going to make more, which was the goal. Was we're going to get enough eyeballs on it, and people will check out truck jokes and share it, and then. Um, and then we'll make more for next year. We're actually talking about doing some actually during the tour. So we'll we'll film ourselves going from Whistler to Victoria kind of thing. Man, and, when I see the, those uh, promo clips of you you walking out on stage and like, you know, a thousand people yeah. in this theater, I, I mean, just it's cool, wow, right? Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And it, you got all those amazing angles yeah. where you, you kind of feel like you're walking out on stage with the comedian. Right. Yeah, it's unbelievable. It's and these beautiful things that we carry around in our pockets, these, these yeah. you know, these iPhone 10, iPhone 11, like they're yeah. broadcast quality, like we're recording right now on your iPhone. Yeah, like, and it's decent quality. Yeah. I mean, it's not cameras, studio so. quality, but it is 
close. You know, it's, yeah, it's it's doable. You, you can do it. So yeah. all that footage that you see of like just us backstage is just iPhone footage. You know, unbelievable. Like, it's cool, right? Yeah, it is cool. So then we film it every year. We actually do like a TV special, and we we shop it around. We want to get it picked up by Crave or by CBC or Comedy Network, whatever. And they're always like, mm, I don't know, maybe. No, that's insane. So what we just do is we. Um, we uh, broadcast it on uh, on uh, the global affiliate in uh, on Vancouver Island, so they broadcast it. Uh, it's a big hit for them. Um, and then every year we make another one, and then try to sell that. Every year well. you're every shopping year. it, and every year, every year that's going to come. Make a new TV special. That's yeah. gonna, somebody's going to buy that because yeah. you've got four to six of the country's best comedians on tour across like 60 stops a year plus and growing yeah and every time they they play that they're going to see wow and it's always like this um grassroots momentum where people are hearing about it they're coming yeah, they're bringing so their true. friends yeah and uh it, it's just amazing and selfishly for me as a booker and a club runner or whatever you want to call me every time you stop by the club uh to work on your stuff it's like i get a whole new pete which is That's so true. refreshing yeah. for me. Yeah. yeah. Uh, a lot of the clubs are, are noticing that too. Like, because every time they, you know, comics were, <laughs> this is a whole different topic of conversation, but right. there's a, there's a, there's a lot of comics out there that wrote their act 20 years ago and are coasting on that. Yeah. And I never wanted to be that guy. I always wanted to pursue my craft and perfect it. And like I said, 23 years in, I feel like, I feel like I'm getting good at it now. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I think really back are. to my act 10, 10 years ago. I'm like, yeah, I had some hits on there, but yeah. I think I'm really getting. So a lot of the clubs are noticing that. Yeah. When every time I come through every year, year and a half or whatever, they're like, it's a whole new show that you're doing every time. It's like, yeah, because I have, I don't, I'm not a famous comic, but I have pockets of fans around the country that come and see me again and again. Yeah. Cause so, when you do those real theater tours, you got to be sharp. Yep. Yeah, really sharp. So then when people come yeah. and see me, they'll see a whole different show. Yeah. So that's that's so important because and then of course people come up and be like, "Hey, you didn't do the Canada Goose joke." I'm like, "Well, that's you because know, eight I years don't ago. Now. yeah, because, you know, and it's on my album, you can listen to it, you can see it on my, yeah. you know. Go ahead and listen to it. That's great, but yeah. you know, I got to make room for it. It's it's not like music where, you know, I if you don't play the hits, people are like, "What?" Yeah. Hey, Metallica, why didn't you play Inner Sandman? Like, Musicians and comedians, we're cousins, but we're not the same. That's good. That's a good analogy. We are. It cousins, really is. Yeah. Our, our facial expressions and our, our yeah. voice volume and tempo and everything, inflection, it's yeah. all like our instrument. Our yeah. voice and our, and our yeah. facial expression, those are our instruments. And, uh, but we, and it's subjective. Music, you know, it's uh, it's subjective, like comedy subjective, and uh, some some people like country, some people like rock and roll, and everything right. in between. So, um, I think musicians are our closest cousins. Yeah, and yeah. we both elicit a uh, you know uh, an emotional response. You yes. know, like we want to elicit obviously laughter. I'm, I'm coming to learn, Peter, that it's all about emotion. Yeah, it is all it's about art. emotion. It's art. Like, yes, I I will go to the mat for this because stand up comedy is an art form. It's uh, it's the world's most immediate art form. Like you walk on stage, you say something, it travels at the speed of sound into somebody's ear, and then they let you know if it's art or not. Yes. Like it's so immediate. Like yeah, I've done film, I've done plays. You know, you, you work on a play for six months, and then you finally mount it in front of an audience, and the audience goes, meh. Man, it's so frustrating. Like it you is. Did all that work that went into but it. But that's why you got to work harder. That's it. Yeah. 
but with stand up it's you kind of use you kind of use that as a tool in your in your recent show where you were saying yeah i'm not going to leave on that no you know yeah you kind of laughed there but, <laughs> and then you built but i know cuz i know you you're you're purposely putting the best in the last and it's growing and you're building to that crescendo True. right yeah last night's show you're referring to yeah yes right. and then so, and then you you finally hit the the yeah. symbol at the very end and yeah. and hit them with the best one and, yeah yeah it's a great build it leaves the audience excited that's great. Yeah, thanks. I, I think so. I think it was subconscious what I was doing last night. Cause it was, oh, really? Yeah. I thought it was uh, yeah. by design. No. No, I was uh, I was riffing on it. Yeah. Yeah, and I uh, honestly, I didn't time my set last night. So I, I looked at my watch. I'm like, I don't know what time I walked I, on stage I think here. I so. think you did between 40 and 50 minutes. I think it's it was perfect. There, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So when you said I did 30, I was like, what? Holy yeah, shit. well, I, I took the word of Eric Chason, <laughs> one, of, one of the local openers, and uh, I don't know if his clock was indeed accurate. And I he had, uh, he wasn't was professional; I didn't time it. His I watch was set to Quebec time or something. Maybe so. Yeah, half hour <laughs> ahead. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I'm trying to do a French joke on there. <laughs> um, so. I wanted to ask you about theaters versus clubs because you're still willing okay, to cool. come to our club. Yeah. I, I have a feeling it's because, you know, I opened for you years ago. We kind of became friends. Yeah. And then, you know, now you're doing these big theater tours. You don't need the clubs now, but you come by to kind of mm-hmm. work on your stuff and, and you're kind enough to be with us. How do you feel when you when you walk on a theater stage and as a performer and, ha- and how do you feel on a, at a club? Do you uh. feel more relaxed at a club? Great questions. These are great. Good on you. I've, well, I've I'm going to fuck it up. By I've been working on this. Terrible I've, answer. But I've been good, doing this for questions. about a year. I've been getting a little better at it. <laughs> um, so this is something that we were chatting about one time. Was that Ron James has always been my yardstick of what it is to be a stand-up comedian. Ron James is hands down Canada's Canada stand-up comic, and he can write down. He can go into his office and type. And then, like, type five pages of a joke and then just work it out, kind of rehearse it in his office, and then go on stage in front of a thousand people and kill. Whereas that is terrifying to me. Like, there was no chance that I would go in front of a thousand people and try out a brand new joke. No way. I can go, I'll write a joke, but then I have to hit an open mic and then work on it and then see if there's something funny there and then work on it and then bring it to, like, a club and then put a polish on it and then bring it to a theater. Wow. It's... I just don't have that ability to go, yeah, I can just walk on stage and just riff on this brand new bit and see if it's going to fly in front of a thousand people who have paid 50 bucks a ticket. That's crazy to me. Like, So my relationship with clubs is I'm always going to need clubs. I'm always going to need clubs to, to work on new stuff. And and I love you guys here in St. John. So I jump Thank at every you. opportunity to come and, and hang out and, and rock your club. So that's always going to be there. That's always going to be part of my... Part of my work ethic is 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 working it out on and and then bringing the polished big shiny show yes to the as needed to the theater yeah yeah exactly so that that's also the difference sense. between theaters and clubs is that like you're gonna see a polished show at the theater like you're gonna see like this is the this is all that work is culminated to this yeah whereas at the club it's gonna be a lot looser it's gonna be a lot you know something might happen and mm-hmm. you know it's gonna be riffing with somebody or something happens in the room or whatever. Whereas a theater is a per- polished performance. I think that's the big difference between theaters and I got to open. Clubs. I got to open for a comedian at a big theater recently, mm. and um, I thought I walked in there. You fucking buried him. 
Follow that. Follow yeah. that, buddy. And I threw the microphone to ground, so he had to pick it up. It was really unprofessional. Feedback. Good for you. Make him sweat a little bit. Yeah. That's right. I've learned nothing after 20 years. Um, so I walked out there with a certain confidence. Yeah. And I, it, as soon as I touched that microphone, I was like, <gasps> I took a breath. Like, it was just, oh. whoo, the gravity of it. Yeah. I mean, it really... To me, a thousand people is quite a big difference between two hundred people. Mm-hmm. You know, and there's levels, right? What's the largest audience that you've ever performed? I've for? gotten that question before, and I don't know. Uh, at one point, I performed in Kandahar, Afghanistan. I think there was like eight eight thousand guys, eight thousand soldiers there. Um, I did CFE Shiloh for New Year or for uh, Canada Day a couple years ago, and I think there was eight or ten thousand people there. Wow! Um, but in like a theater. I think the biggest would have been like the Place des Arts in Montreal, which I think is a 4,000 seater. Wow. Um, the Ottawa National Arts Center, I think is 2,500 or 3,000. What kind of adrenaline do you feel in front of 4,000 people? It is. But at, at that point too, like I'm so confident at that point. You yes. know, I'm not going on stage and going like, ooh, I hope this works. <laughs> what else, guys? What ooh, else can we talk uh, about? What's happening in the news today? <laughs> Let me get my stool and my notepad. <laughs> <laughs> no. I get more nervous for open mics than I do those big giant theaters because I've put in the work for it. I'm ready to go. When I walk in front of 4,000 people, I'm super confident this is going to go well. Wow. Whereas if I go in front of an open mic and there's 12 audience members and and – 30 comics in the back waiting to go on stage. That's when I get all sweaty because I'm like, oh, God, here's a premise I thought about when I was, you know, stuck at a layover in Toronto for a couple hours. I hope this works. Yeah, wow. That's scarier to me. Because that's raw. That's going up there and trying something, you know. Yeah. Whereas You you kind of bury your soul a little bit because you really are presenting an idea that you hope a room full of people will approve and identify with and embrace. Mm Mm-hmm. And that just doesn't always happen. No. And you're there alone. Right. Wow. And that's the danger. What's wrong with us, Pete? (laughs) (laughs) When I was going through my divorce, like, I I was on a big national tour, and the only time I felt comfortable and normal and and sort of happy was when I was on stage. I was walking in front of, like, you know, a thousand people and doing the the set, and then walk off stage, and then my phone would ring, and real life would come crashing back to me or whatever, and that was... So the only, like civilians will never understand that. Walking in front of a thousand people and burying your soul and like talking out loud was the most normal I felt. That's, that's insane. That's what crazy people would feel, you know, but that's, that's the, that's the cloth that we're cut of, you know, going out there and being a performer. I've used this analogy before for being stoned, but it's also, it reminds me of being on stage and being nervous, which I only am at certain times. Sometimes I feel very comfortable, but I, it's all, almost like I'm doing a space walk. I'm in my spacesuit. I'm tethered to the craft. Okay. And one of my asshole astronaut buddies goes <laughs> and gives me a little shove out okay. into space. <laughs> I'm still tethered. Yeah. But I, I am floating, man. I am alone. Yeah. And I've got nothing to grab. You right. know what I mean? Sometimes I feel that very, very deeply. Huh. Yeah. But you don't have that fear. Do you? Always. Always have that fear. Really? Always, yeah. Oh, my God. If really? I, if I ever walk on stage and I don't have, like, a little bit of nervous energy, the sh- the set's going to go terribly because I don't have – there's no stakes. There's no fear, right? Yeah. You have to have a little bit of – oh, fuck. I, 
what am I doing? <laughs> you, have, <laughs> you have to have that moment, you know? Because if I go out there just completely like, oh, this means nothing, then it's there's going to be no nervous performance energy behind the performance, right? You do need that, don't always, you? Always. You need always a little gas a little in your yeah, yeah. I'm sure every hockey player that ever laces up for an NHL game must have that, oh, fuck, I... Oh, fuck, I hope I don't fuck this up tonight. I'm not a sports guy, but you are a huge hockey fan. Mm-hmm. No? Yeah, mm-hmm. I thought you were a huge hockey yeah, fan. Yeah, I like you're, hockey. You're, 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 you're a fan. sport that I follow, yeah. Okay. For sure, yeah. And and now you're living... I say that because there's actual super fans out there that... Right, like yeah, you don't paint your face. No. Okay. No, I don't paint my face. <laughs> no, no. I'm not, that, I'm not that much of a sports fan or... I've seen people, like, lose relationships in a sports argument. Like, yeah. not be friends with people. Yeah. Because the guy in the guys in the blue pajamas didn't run as fast as the guys in the red pajamas, I don't get it. Well, those guys in the red pajamas are garbage. That's you true. Know. They're fucking They're idiots. idiots. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it rots from the head down. So you grew up in Wawa, Ontario. Did mm-hmm. you play hockey growing I up? I did. Okay. I also uh, was in figure skating. I was really. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Were you yeah. good? Yeah. Yeah, I was a good figure skater. Yeah. Until wow. I was about thirteen, and then at the age of thirteen. Like every sport, you start getting room for, hey, are you going to make a run for this kind of thing? So then I was like going to figure skating practice before school and then, you know, going to practice after school and then working on the. And then I was like, what am I doing? I don't, I'm not going to become a professional figure skater. Like this is stupid. So I just hung it up because it wasn't. You th- felt that way at 13. At the, well, yeah, of course, at 13. Around 13, like, yeah. you made that. You came to the crossroads of listen. Am I going to be a professional figure, professional skater, figure skater or not? Yeah. Even in Wawa, Ontario, is ridiculous, isn't it? Well, I don't know, man, because you no, know, no, no. no. But see, Farley, he he took to it naturally, right? He was a Chris Farley. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he did you see? You saw the figure skating that yeah. he was doing. Oh, that was a great. That was a great sketch. He did, yeah. But I think I met Farley. What? Yeah. Did you did you know he was my absolute hero and many other people? I'm yeah. not singling myself yeah. out as some he super was, uh, fan. He but... was about an inch shorter than me, but the aura on the guy and I never talk about auras. And I cried and when stuff. he died. Yeah, yeah. I think we all did. Yeah, it was a. Uh... But the, he just had this energy that just emulated out of him. Like it was. So take some of that Farley energy and get back into figure skating. <laughs> <laughs> I enjoy figure skating. I'll, I'll I'll lace up once a year and go out on the what? The, yeah, man. Yeah. You're an interesting guy. Yeah. Wow. Can you can you actually like uh, skate backwards and oh, like, yeah. do a little 360 or something? Um, like if you jumped, could you jump and land on your? So that's called again? an axle, right? So you yeah you jump from facing forward, you turn around 360 and then land backwards. So it's, yeah, it's one and a can half. You fuck, kind of can thing. you do that? I've landed those before, Holy but not shit. at the age of in my 40s at. Wow. 200 pounds. Like yeah, I know what you yeah, mean. I, I used to skateboard. Did you know that yeah, about me? No. Yeah. No. 13 years I was a yeah, skateboarder. Yeah. So I know I know kind of about balance. How's your wrists? They all broken? Well, my ankles. Ankles, yeah. Yeah, I, that's why I had to hang it up. The doctor was like, look, one more bad sprain. Yeah. You're going to need pins. You've tore three ligaments and chipped yeah. a bone. You know, time to make a decision. Yeah, so I made do. the decision yeah, not to. You. Yeah. But you. Yeah. now you, um, so you, when you were growing up in Wawa, did you have like uh any aspirations to leave Wawa right away? Always. Oh, yes, yeah. You just always wanted always, to get out yeah. of my, my parents had a uh, gas station. My dad was a mechanic. My mom ran the, the business. And um, everyone always talked about when, when you take over the business kind of thing. I was just like, no. Even from like a like a child, I was like, no, that's not something I'm going to do. I'm not going to take over the 
the gas station. No, I'm wow. Gonna, I'm going to go. You could have literally been the real corner gas guy. Yeah. Well, that's funny. When That's what comics talk about. Like, your sitcom is what your life would be if you didn't become a stand-up comedian. So my life would have been living in a small town, uh, taking over the gas station from my retired father. Uh, my best friend is the uh, chief of police. Like, it's like... It's corner gas. Like, my real life would have been corner gas. You would have been an awesome gas station owner. You would have been. (laughs) I don't know. Probably the best one in the world. I don't know. (laughs) And I remember even as a little kid, like, asking my dad, like, he'd be in there, you know, working on cars. And I'd be like, how does this work? And he would just be very dismissive of me. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember for years going like, geez, why didn't my dad take the time to show me? And then I realized as an adult, I'm like, because he didn't want me to. Like, he didn't want me to following his footsteps like go find your own path in this world you know i'm so, glad that he pushed you i did too yeah, yeah. And from the work not yeah <laughs> not from his affection no no, no no that was that's a whole different issue i'm really right? glad he pushed you away peter anyway <laughs> any, any more painful memories i can bring no, up for you <laughs> not even painful no no so but he growing up get such a kick out of where i'm at right now like knowing yeah. that i tour theaters as a stand-up comedian and in the daytime we go snowboarding and skiing every day like it's the dream like what what this is your job like this is yeah this is what i do dad but how great is it that he worked for all those years so that you could enjoy this time i mean you worked your ass off to get there yeah but do you feel in a certain way like he kind of worked his ass off and maybe he didn't both my parents for sure because my dad was like that too he'd get up at six in the morning and just stare at the wall before he picked up his newspaper, it was like 6.30. Yeah. And then he'd eat his oatmeal, right. not a whole lot of water in it, and just... Uh, dry oatmeal. Then he'd grab his steel lunchbox, and yeah. he had his green work shirt, green yeah. work pants, and a Caterpillar belt buckle. Right. And what did he do? He was a boom truck operator. Okay. And he did okay. Yeah. But you can't say that the guy was, like, living his best life. Right. You know what I mean? We're starting to be right. able to live our creative lives. It's, it's really interesting. We, buddy, what a I, time I've, to live. I've, I've won the lottery. You know, like it's, you know, I think about it. Like I had it all mapped out. I could have easily just gone and taken the safer route. I could have, and a thousand times, there's been a thousand arcs off my path. that could have been like, do that. It's easier. Do this. It's easier. Oh, there's way more money to be made here. This, like, no, I'm just going to pursue the thing that, that drives me creatively. That makes me happy, you know? Here it is, twenty three years later, and you know I own a home, and I tour theaters, and you know I get to hang out with my friends on the weekends, and it's like a, it's it's crazy, it's remarkable, you know, like, uh, it's it's unbelievable, yeah, and uh, I'm very lucky, yeah. Um, so I got a beautiful lady, I got dogs, you know, like it's, <laughs> life is good. a rich you know? full life. I've got a rich full life. It's yeah. true, you know, that's great. And I and I try to live an interesting life, and then. Every year, report back to the audiences of what that life is like, you know? Yeah. So. It works. I'm living in the, I'm living the dream. That's amazing. As Joanna Downey used to say all the time, I'm living the dream. Yeah. yeah. You you had a very close relationship with Joanna Downey. Joanna Downey is, uh, is and she was, the, the reason I've been a stand-up comedian. Like really? She, she, she ran, for those of you who don't know, Joanna Downey ran Spirits Bar and Grill in Toronto, which is, uh, was the longest running open mic comedy in um, comedy night in Canada. Uh, and it's since she's, she's since passed away and then the room is no longer. But uh, when I started back in the, you know, in the nineties, like uh, she was the foundation of yeah. the Toronto comedy. Oh scene. yeah. The, 
the mother of Canadian comedy. They would like nobody sets up rooms, keeps them going, makes sure the comics are okay. Like it's yeah. there is there are mothers and fathers of comedy. Yeah, you know what I mean. And Joanna Downey was especially kind to me. Yeah, and good. I know you had the privilege of being her friend for many years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah we're very close, and uh, you know, it was. Yeah, I'm, and that was her catchphrase was living the dream. Like it was always sarcastic, right? Like, yeah, so I'm you know doing roll. my day job, and uh, this guy comes in and da, 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 I'm uh, living the dream. I roll. That was kind of yeah, the eye roll. <laughs> I live in the dream. So, and I have moments like this all the time. Like we we toured Australia a couple of years ago, and. I'm in a bookstore, and then the first book that I will see is Living the Dream. I'm like, loud and clear. Like, the, I get messages. these messages from, you know, it, it's not lost on me. Like, yeah. yeah. We have that in common. The gravity of uh, life, like, the, we, there's only a certain amount of time. How are you going to live your life, mm-hmm. you know, and be, trying to be positive and trying to do good. Um, my, my family and I traveled across the country, and we stopped in Wawa. Stopped in Wawa. On the on on the off chance you would be in town, I message you. Don't expect a thing. I wanted. To, I took a picture of me and my family by the goose, and you're like, "You're in Wawa." You showed up at a Tim Hortons. Yeah, let's meet up at the Tim Hortons. Actually. I couldn't believe. I'm like, "You're a national comedy star, and you're just gonna <laughs> fucking was, make time for was, us." Well, that was that also was a rough time in my life. I was going through a divorce, and my mom was uh, was sick with cancer, and. Yeah, it was a rough, rough patch in my life. So you needed a distraction anyway. It was great. I'm so glad to see a, a happy face. And, Isn't that crazy? Yeah. And it, and it, I mean, Wawa, you wouldn't have too many people stopping in, probably. No, <laughs> no, not a. But it's but it was unbelievable. Like I, I was like, oh wow, like you would just come here and and say hi to me, and yeah, you know course. what I mean? Amazing. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, you have a and you have a sort of a habit of being kind. Um, and how dare you? Well. How uh, dare you, your sir. Your reputation precedes you. You have a special place in your heart for the Canadian military. This is true. Yep. Um, April 2002 was the first opportunity I had to go overseas and, and perform for the troops. And I jumped at the opportunity. And they're like, do you want to go to Kandahar, Afghanistan, and perform <laughs> for the troops? And I was like, yeah. And I said, I don't know if you saw the news, but it was the day the news broke about the friendly fire incident when the, the Americans dropped the bombs on the... Canadians. On the Canadians, the, the day of, that's when I got the phone call, like, hey, do you want to, and I said, did, did you see the papers? <laughs> I said, but, I, you know, I was 20-something at the time, I'm like, yeah, let's do it, absolutely, yeah. I'm going to go. And I found out afterwards that they had asked four comedians before me to, to go, and they, they had all turned it down. Understandably. I, yeah, absolutely, you know, guys with families, and and I was, like I said, 20-something and indestructible. I'm like, fuck yeah, I'm going to Kandahar, sure. And from that first trip, you know, Seeing what they're doing over there, and the and the camaraderie and the bravery, and the they're the best examples of us for sure. You know, uh, our Canadian military is is the best of Canada. Um, and then from that moment, I realized that that's my job now is to is to jump at every opportunity to to help out, go and tell some jokes, and give them a break from war. But also, when I come back, is to explain to people that hey, we're not warmongers over there. Like we're our Canadian military are getting a job done that nobody wants to do. Um, so we should have tremendous pride in what what those guys are doing. Um, so and from that moment I've I've jumped at every opportunity. So I've I've gone over I think nine times now to Wow. To different I think you said the Wikipedia it was the Persian Gulf and, you know Yeah, wow. Dubai and Abu Dhabi and God. uh Israel and Egypt and the North Pole and Persian Gulf, I think I mentioned. You've roughed Qatar. it. 
You've done a few camping trips. It's funny because I've uh, done. We're Paul Meyerhog and I, who were, I tour with on the Snowed In tour. We we compare um, countries that we've been to, and I, I'm bragging. I'm like, I've been to 21 countries now. And he's like, oh, I think it's 48 for me. I'm like, oh, for fuck's sakes. <laughs> you know? But then he's got like amazing countries he's been to. You know, he's been to like you know Denmark and Sweden and Finland, and I've been to like. These fucking toilets, you know, Afghanistan. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> He's a unique individual. Yeah, Paul's yeah. Paul's living a great life. Yeah, I went and visited him in uh, France this year, and he's got a wonderful life over there. Yeah, good for him. Little Alberta boy. It's crazy because when we were younger, you know, when we when we were touring and and uh, stopping in between Calgary, Red Deer, and Edmonton, and doing every Legion and Town Hall and right. little frigged off little bar here and there. Uh-huh. I never imagined that you would be telling me these stories of, you know, going and entertaining the troops and yeah. meeting the Muppets. And, yeah. Um, it's, it's, I almost burst out loud laughing when I think about how fucking amazing that is, you know? It's pretty cool. Yeah, it is. Yeah. yeah. But again, like we said right off the top, like it's, it's, it's a lot of hard work. It's 23 years of not phoning it in. It's 23 years of getting out there and grinding and, and working hard and, and presenting a good show and, you know, taking care of myself. It's it's incredibly inspiring. Good. It really is. Good. Yeah. I think that's amazing. Um, it's inspiring what you guys are building out here in St. John, too, you know? like Oh, thanks for saying yeah, that. It's, yeah. The club is amazing. Your your kindness is overflowing. Uh, and it, it shows. Like, audiences come out, and they're... It's, it's, it's fucking great. It's a great club, man. So Well, we're happy that you visit. Yeah, cool. Yeah, we're, ha- we're really yeah. happy that you come we'll by. We'll do it again. Yeah. Um, as you know, this is going to be released after we do the change. So as you, as you know, we told you. That's that right. You're transitioning to we're changing. a woman, right? Is that That's right. right. Oh, we're changing. We're changing good it up. You. Did, have you come up with a, I, a new name yet? I want a. Shana? Uh, Shana. <laughs> I want a moderate-sized vagina. I we, think that's doable this, these days. We just got canceled. That's yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> can't even make that joke. Did you anymore. joke about that? That's no, right, I yeah. didn't joke no, about I it. Know. I'm now I gotta do it. <laughs> Just so they don't <laughs> cancel me. <laughs> um uh, yeah, we're changing into uh punchlines and uh you know the it's, comedy club's changing. You're yeah, not changing. We're not changing. No. We're gonna be the same people. Yeah. And that's you know, something that I, I made a remark about on a recent uh, post that I made was that I'm most proud. Having been a comic, a road comic for 20 years, I'm most proud of being able to pay people a little, at least a little, in order to keep doing their dream. You know, I feel like it's the kid and the stick in the wheel. I just, I hit that wheel when the comics come by and they can keep rolling, you know? Yeah, nice. Very yeah. nice, yeah. That's because cool. because I was that guy Yeah. once, you yeah. know? And uh, I'm, I'm dipping my toe into it a little bit locally again. Yeah, good feels amazing yeah. to be on stage. I love yeah. to make people laugh, and I know that you do too. Mm-hmm. Is there anything uh, else coming up? I know that there's more snowed in coming up. You're just getting ready so to jump the, on that that's tour the big again. One, I guess, hey? So, how yeah, many dates are you going to be doing? Six, coming 65 up? plus. Coming up. We haven't nailed down all the venues yet, but um, a couple of uh, every year there's, there's going to be some hiccups, but uh, we always perform in Banff. There's a. Uh, uh, a club there. It's one of the few clubs that we play on the Snowden tour. We, I think 90, 99% of them are theaters. When, when I was, when I was there, the, the venue was called Wild Bills. Wild Bills. That's exactly where we perform. Yeah. Is it? Yeah. We perform at Wild I Bills. I performed on that stage. Oh, cool. I opened for Augie Smith. Augie Smith. I remember Do you remember him? Yes. Somebody threw a, an ice cube at his mouth. Okay. It hit his tooth. For real? For real. Whoa. 
And because you know, Augie has some. He, he no, has I some, don't know his accent. He, well, he's he's a larger than life character, and he has some opinions. Okay. Okay. So some people don't agree with those opinions, okay. right? But he's hysterical, right? Okay. Very good comic. But someone interrupted him through. That's not even a good hackle. Throwing an ice no, cube at a guy's a, mouth. That's no, assault. That's, yeah, that's right. right? Yeah. So he show's rightfully over. walked off stage. Yeah. yeah, show's over, right? So I was a young performer, and I. I, I Convinced, I coaxed Augie to come back if we promised to throw that person out, and the crowd kind of told that person to leave, and yeah, they left. Good. And then he came back, and then he got a big standing O, and it was a great. So that's I, when the ice cubes really started coming. Yeah, they, <laughs> Augie just pelted me for the rest of the night with ice cubes. But I have fond memories of that, yeah, and they used to stick us in a band house oh, when yeah, we, we stayed there. No, no, you're beyond band house. <laughs> Staying at the band house. We talked uh, about this a little bit. At some point in your life, you got to treat yourself to a clean bed, and a clean yeah, car. No, I um, and a furniture. Um, we were adult talking things. a little bit about it last night, but yeah. you know, the, the days of hopping in a car and then driving for eight hours so that you can do a 15 minute set and get paid 50 bucks and then drive back again. Like those are so, long gone. And I try to keep that in mind when I set up shows. I'm yeah. like, what's realistic? Yeah, I mean, if you're going to survive, everybody needs to at least make, you know, a few hundred a day. You know, I, I calculate it in my head. I'm like, okay, well, this guy's driving from Moncton or this guy's, you yeah. know, flying from Toronto or whatever. But uh, but that's that's always what I think about. I think about what is it like to be on the road, and that's what's so great about truck jokes. It, it kind of captures the spirit of what it's like to be a comedian. Kind of peek behind the curtain. That's exactly. I'm so glad you nailed it. That, that's exactly what it is. It's uh, it's it's what it's like to be touring with four of the funniest people that you know, like, and just riffing on something that happens. You know, we pass a sign that says, you know, like, you know, live bait and meat. Next thing you know, we're riffing on it, and then you yeah, know, what kind like, of meat? Exactly, and you, you're right. ripping it apart, you know. <laughs> right. like, yeah. And, yeah, and I mean, you also get that you're just captured there, and you're in conversation with it. You feel like you're you're in in that uh, in that moment with you guys. It's wonderful. So the Snowden Comedy Tour rolls on. There's a website, obviously. No, we didn't get that. No, of course. <laughs> 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 Highly organized, get on sixty cities. I'm thinking about a website. It's not catching on this internet thing. It's all <laughs> bad. It's yeah. Of course, we got uh, snowedincomedytour.com. Yeah, uh, and then of course snowedincomedy. You can find us on Facebook. Uh, I believe we just hit ten thousand followers on uh, our Facebook page, which is I that's think, a milestone. That's a nice yeah. milestone. Um, and then my social media is all Zedlacker. You can find, just look for Zedlacker. Everywhere. I'm going to link you right up in the description oh, cool, cool. so they'll not um, have to spell it. So that's next. So we're promoing truck jokes, getting ready for the tour, where everybody's putting in their uh, final polish on their sets. So January, we start up snowed in. We'll go from January until the end of April. We start in the west and we work our way east. So at the end of April, I'm going to, take a couple weeks and hang out at home and put my feet up for a bit. Awesome. And then start working on 2021. Enjoy set. that adult furniture and, yes. your, do and your dogs and yeah. your, your fa lovely family. Yeah. And give Melody my best. I will. So and nice. uh, thank you for doing the show. Oh, that's it. We're done. Yeah. Oh, this is the credit roll. Okay. Yeah, this is it, man. Is this where they show the bloopers from the rest of the Yeah, show? that's right. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, Pete. Yeah, thanks for having me.